Today we see a woman who was bent over. She was not able to stand up straight. So she lived like this all her life for 18 years. When Jesus talked to her, she, he had to talk to her like this. She was bent over. Not an easy thing. Put yourself in that shoe. If you were that woman, what would be your life? Would you be happy? Would you still believe in God's grace? How your life would be if you were her? Her life was crooked in a literal sense. She always had to see people sideways from the corners of her eyes. She could never see anybody straight in their eyes. Always a sideways glance. That was how she had to see the world. She could not see straight. She always looked at the world and looked at the people and looked at everything. Sideways. Not only was she bent over physically, but because of that, her existence shrunk. It was all shriveled up. She came into the synagogue hearing about, having heard about Jesus, the, uh, Jesus being the healer. She came to the synagogue to be healed. But when you look at it, she was late. She didn't come on time. Worship already began and Jesus was about to. He already started teaching people and she kept quiet because she was scared of maybe being kicked out if she came too early. She was not like, she could not take anything. She didn't have an entitlement attitude. Came early 10 minutes before the worship and prepare yourself. And then, of course, I have the right to be, uh, to, uh, to be here and sit here and have a worship uh, of our God. She couldn't do that. She might. She was scared that she might be kicked out because of her condition. So worship was already, uh, worship started and people were already inside. And she It's like that woman who touched Jesus' clothes in secret and Jesus knew. Who touched me? It's like that woman. She had to sneak in. She could take nothing for granted. What people take for granted. Even going to washroom was a, a, a difficulty. Us, we can go to washroom anytime we want. But she had to plan to go to washroom. She could never take anything for granted in her life. This disease did terrible things to her. It took away confidence, a sense of worth, and sense of dignity. Actually, it was not that disease that did that. It was people. It was a society. 
2,000 years ago, in her time, when she was sick and she had that kind of condition, people were asking, what wrong did you do? What sin did you commit? You're cursed by God. So people did not even welcome her in the synagogue. So it is not the disease that did this terrible thing to her, but it was the society. It was people who did it. People forced her to live in shame and embarrassment. She might have had many, many good qualities, beautiful qualities. We don't know. She might be very creative, or she might be very smart. She might be very talented. But to people, she was just a bent over woman. That's all. They didn't care about what she was like. Oh, she is a bent over woman. That was her identity. That's how people saw her. Not to Jesus. Not to Jesus. Jesus, to Jesus, she was not a bent over woman. She was a daughter of Abraham. That means she was a daughter of God's promise, God's covenant. Precious child of God. That's who she was to Jesus. Let me read. And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? How often do we see other people in that way? Like the people in that time. Oh, she is a bent over woman. How often do we see people in that way? We don't see people's beautiful qualities. We judge and condemn people by obviously visible things, usually negative things. We don't really understand people. We see what we can see with, uh, with, our, with our eyes and we uh, judge them. In that sense, we People can be very prejudiced and judgmental. We all do that. It's strange why we do that. As soon as we see people, we have this judgmental attitude coming out of us. We don't understand them. We don't have desire to understand them. We are conditioned to see people and see the world in certain way. As she had to see the world sideways, people are conditioned to see the world in only a way that they knew. They know. And they think that their way is the only way, not only the not only only way, but the best way. Without realizing that their view might be corrupted. And they even judge. That was what the leader of the synagogue did. He wasn't happy that she was healed. When he saw 
that this one who lived a hell-like life for 18 years was healed, he wasn't happy. Why? Because it happened on Sabbath. Doesn't make sense. For 18 years, she lived like this, and finally she was healed. But this leader of synagogue, the main minister of that church, saw her being healed, and then he wasn't happy. He could not empathize with her. He could not understand her. Doesn't matter whether it was 2,000 years ago or 2,000 years later. No sense of humanity. And he wasn't happy because it happened simply because it happened on Sabbath. How could you do that? How could you? Let me read it to you. There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured. But not He learned to see the world only through one light, one very narrow light. He learned to see life only in one way. He learned to see Sabbath only in one way, and he judged Jesus because Jesus did not see the world in the way he saw it. To him, Sabbath was only don't do this, don't do that. That's all he knew. Right? The purpose of Sabbath is to lose us from the bondage. That is the spirit of Sabbath. Lose us. Set free from the bondage that that's what Jesus did to this woman. Let me read it again. And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage of a slavery to sin? God set a special day apart from all other creation. He created all the world, and then he put one, he separated one day specially so that he could bless it and set it free. Physically six days he created everything. But on the seventh day, spiritually, he blessed it and sanctified it. Because only that way we can be happy. We can have a good life. Let me read it. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. But it's not that he didn't do anything. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. If you, ha if you eat all the good food, what good is it when you're not very happy? Is it tasty? When you're not very happy, when you have a steak in front of you, is it really tasty? When you're dark, having a good car and driving a good car, does it do any good? 
When you are filled with darkness, when you struggle with your own troubles and worries and difficulties, all the good things that, all the luxuries that you have around us, does that do any good to you? So God created physically all these things and he blessed it and sanctified it so that you can enjoy it, you can have a good life. That's what God did on Sabbath. We all need to be sanctified. You all deserve to live a good life, my friends. You're not born in this world to live a miserable life. You're born in this world to live a good life, so you deserve to live a good life. Not just because you're good, but because God wants you to live a good life. So you need to deserve, you deserve to live a good life. I deserve to live a good life. Do you believe that? I deserve to live a good life. Let's do it together. I deserve to live a good life. Okay, so it's much, much louder. Yes, you deserve it. God gave us Sabbath. So that you can live a good life. God wants to set you free from the bondage. You want to have a bondage in your life? You have a bondage of worry and anxiety? You have bondage of darkness that you're dealing with? Do you have any kind of bondage? God wants you to be set free from that bondage so that you can live a clean life. And that's what God did. That's what Jesus did to this woman. What's wrong with that? But the leader of the synagogue could not see that because his minds were set in one way and he could not see any other way. God wants to heal us. God wants to straighten our existence. Life cannot be bent. Life has to be straight. Your thinking cannot be bent. Your thinking has to be straight. If you're bent, you're twisted, you're distorted. You have to find straight line in your life. When you're dealing with insecurity and all that, life becomes bent. And you think your thinking becomes distorted. It has to be straightened out. This is uh, my inner voice on 8th August night. It is God who gives you a right spirit. When God gives, gives you the right spirit, your life can be straightened out. It is God who heals the crooked spirit that leads you to a crooked way. Ask God to give you the right spirit. Everything in your life will be straightened out. God gave him the right spirit 
Jesus healed her. Jesus straightened up her life. She had a crooked body, but who was really crooked? The leader of synagogue. Physically, he was fine. Socially, he was fine. His skin was crooked. His skin The moment we think we don't need to be healed, the moment we think we know it all, the moment we think my way is the only way, our spirit will start deteriorating. The broken spirit, the humble desire to be healed, that straightens up our existence. You don't need to be you don't need to live a shriveled existence anymore. You can stand straight up. You can stand tall. New confidence will fill you up. And this new confidence is not the confidence, confidence that insists on one's own way. It is not a blind confidence. It is not confidence that you made for yourself. You will become crooked with that kind of confidence. It is not a confidence that comes from success. It is confidence often that comes from failure. It is confidence in the midst of brokenness. It is not confidence about you. It is confidence about God. It is confidence that Paul had. When I'm weak, I am strong. In whom, who strengthens me, I can do all things. That kind of confidence. No one, no one and nothing in the world can take that kind of confidence away from you. Even the suffering can take away that kind of confidence from you. Often many people go through suffering. I mean, they go through it fine. Because we have this instinct to survive. So when we go through suffering, we somehow survive. But after the suffering, our spirit becomes bent. We become crooked. Why? Because you try to deal with your suffering with your own strength. Then you come out very judgmental, very bitter, very twisted, distorted. So in my... 30 some years of uh, ministry experience when some congregation members go through a lot of difficulty and hardship and suffering I worry they may come out of it okay but they will build up after the suffering and they often do that and they cause so much problem in relationship with other people because they are bent their spirit is bent Somehow they thought that they overcame suffering, but that suffering made their spirit bent. It's not straightened up. So when you go through suffering, please don't try to overcome it. Overcome it with your own strength because your spirit will be bent. Trust in God's 
experience God's grace, then you will come out of the suffering straight and stronger than ever before. When you go through suffering, seek God and weep. God will help you. God will give you the grace. God wants you to live a good life. And God will help you get through it. This was what Isaiah saw. Let me read it for you. Every valley shall be dissolved. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That was Isaiah's vision. All the crookedness will be gone and the people, humanity, the world will have straightened existence. I pray that all of you, if you have broken spirit or bent spirit, God may heal you and that you can be straightened up and that you can have good life that you deserve. And with God's help, we can do it. You can do it. With God's help, you can live a good life. If that is a good life, if you lose what you have, then what is it? If you lose what you have, what is it? Good life does not come from what you have. Good life is life, is straightened existence. 